Come join Libby and Molly, the ladies of consignment chats, as we talk about all things consignment. Welcome, Sea Chatters. All right. So the biggest question and the most common question we are asked here at consignment chats is, do you have a contract? What's a cons- How do I write a consignment contract? How is that done? How does that all work? All right. So I'm here today to give you some good news because I'm going to answer that question and a lot of questions that are asked along with that. But I also have some exciting news because now available on our website is a sample consigner agreement. So go to consignmentchats.com and go ahead and register, get our free example of a consigner agreement. All right. So this is where I need to do the little disclaimer. This is not a legal document. It is not legally binding. We are not even going to use the word contract. If you noticed, I kind of changed my terminology to consigner agreement. This is kind of like a handshake agreement between you and the consigner. Do not use this as a legally binding document. Have your lawyer or a lawyer review it. There are uh, services online that you can use that do build these kind of agreements and make sure they close all the legal loopholes and, and everything like that. So if that's where you're more comfortable, please go ahead and do that. But I'm going to outline these things that go into an agreement for you. And if you are going to go down the legal route and have a lawyer draw one up and review one of these, you can hand them this agreement and it's a good starting place because they will know um, what your terms are. So, all right, that being said, all of our disclaimers, let's get into what a consigner agreement is all about. We believe every reseller should be consignment ready so that you are not leaving money on the table. And if somebody comes to you with this opportunity, you can say, oh yeah, that'll work for us. Or mm, that doesn't really fit within our terms. Okay. So you have this agreement. Everybody should have this in their toolbox, know what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. And it will save you a lot of time and energy and allow you to take advantage of some situations that you would not otherwise be prepared for. So I'm going to walk you through it. You're going to put it in your reseller toolbox and you're going to be ready. And for those of you that are already and have been accepting consignments, you're going to come across some things I'm going to talk about today that maybe you haven't considered that would make your consignment business a little more profitable. All right, here we go. Number one. Well, this is even like, this is like zero starting point. At the top of your agreement, you are going to put your business name and your contact information. Okay, so for me, I run an all online business. I do not put a physical address on there. I put the ways in which consigners can contact me, which is my email address, my phone number, and the website. All right, so I have all that at the top. That's like my header of my agreement. And then we get into number one. This is the most involved part that I think you need to probably put the most thought into about what applies to your business. So the first thing is 
that you need to consider your fees. And we talk a lot about this in past episodes. So go back, uh, take a look at that. The industry standard runs between 30 and 70% of the fees that a consignment seller will retain. Personally, for my business, I do 60%. I retain 60% of the fees. My business, Conchie Consignment, retains 60% of the fees. So I earn, earn, notice that terminology. I'm going to get back to that in just a second. I earn 60% of any sales. Now, I do have a separate agreement for people I work with, colleagues that are also in the consignment or reselling industry. We do a 50-50 split in that because they know what's involved and they are expectations I don't have to set. They're very realistic. Okay, so whatever your percentage you earn is, you put that in there and just make it very clear in the contract. I retain 60% of the selling price. I earn 60% of the selling price. Okay, so I'm going to give you your first red flag here of somebody you don't want as a consigner. And it is somebody that says, I can't believe you take 60%, and I get this, these cold calls frequently, 60%. And, you know, I gently will correct them and say, you know what, um, we earn 60%. It is a fair amount of work. And if you're not comfortable paying us for that service, that's okay. It's just not a good match. All right, red flag. Any of those red flags, don't be afraid to say bye-bye. Don't be afraid. There'll be more coming your way. Just, okay. That's one of those situations. This contract makes very easy to pass up if somebody is not comfortable with those terms. You're not negotiating it on the spot. You don't want to be negotiating this on the spot. You want to know going in what your terms are. You don't want to have, you don't want to, you know, lose. So, all right, you have your percentage you know what that is, you know what the red flag is, you're earning that percentage. Here's a little caveat I tell people is please don't devalue your service. If you want to remain in business and be able to provide this service, make sure you are charging accordingly for it. So a lot of times I see people start out and they will start off like, um, I'll earn 30%. Well, a lot of times you're going to find that that is not a sustainable business model. So you're really not doing anybody any favors by making your percentage too low, because if you're not in business, you're not going to be able to provide that service. Okay. So just a little something to consider. We have other episodes that do go into that in more detail. Uh, you can also hop into our consignment chats community. We will be talking a lot about percentages and a lot of the terms of consignment because the fact of the matter is that we all do it a little differently based on our business model. And you're going to see more about that as we go through. All right. So fees, we want number one to be our fees. We are going to earn X percentage of the sales. Another thing is that you can offer people a bonus there. If they are to spend it in your store and use store credit, I give 10%, an additional 10% bonus if people use store credit. Um, so put that in there under fees. The other thing is, do you want to charge a monthly fee? So I do a dollar a month and it's set up through my software and that provides my consigners with online um, access and that defrays some of the costs for me, not all of the costs of my software, but it does help defray some of the expense of that. So if you have any fees, 
that's where you want to outline that probably in that first section. Another thing I have seen people do, I know uh, Sarah Marshall does this and she's one of our C-Chat spotlights with her online consult or not her, her brick and mortar storefront. She charges an upfront fee and that's what she recommends to get a consigner set up in the system to go through the contract. They pay a one-time fee, uh, a setup fee. So that's something also that you might want to consider because it does take time and energy to get somebody set up. And um, this is the second time I've recorded this video. The first time we had a little blip. So I'm not sure if I said this before, but go through this contract with your family and friends. They are going to be very interested in what you're doing if they are consigning stuff for you. Um, you should have a signed version of this for every person that is consigning with you, whether it is your family, it is your friends, and it'll also give you the practice of going through this contract with them and have them ask you any questions so you can address any concerns. So that way, when you are doing it cold with somebody maybe that you um, aren't that familiar with, you're going to be prepped and you're going to be ready for that. And you're going to feel comfortable and confident in your terms. All right. Number two, liability. And this is gonna vary from state to state, from country to country. I know we have sea channels that are uh, across the globe. Uh, so just what I'm gonna say is put something that addresses liability into your contract. So for me in the state of Pennsylvania, when somebody consigns something, it is their item. They still carry the insurance on that item. I do not carry insurance on that item. And at this point, I'm not able to get insured for their item. So just make sure you have something in there that addresses it. For me, it is that in the events of a catastrophic event, such as a flood or a fire, it is not our loss and we are not liable for those items. So just you know, check out whatever, whatever that is, just have something in there that makes it clear who's liable for those items that are on consignment. Uh, and one of the examples I use is that I am not in New Jersey, but I'm very close to New Jersey. And when Hurricane Sandy had um, gone through New Jersey, there were a lot of consignment stores and uh, some of my consigners actually had items there that they had lost during um Hurricane Sandy, and they just lost those items. There was there was nothing they could do to recover them when they were consigned. So um, that's an example I I use with people because people in my geographic area are are familiar with that, and a lot of them had experienced that, and that was a pretty good example of a catastrophic event. So just make sure people are aware of that. All right, number three. Imperfect merchandise. Okay. Hmm. So somebody drops items off. What I do is I do a lot of contactless consignment. So people will drop off a bag or a bin or, you know, stuff on hang, whatever. And it's contactless. So I'm going through those items. A lot of times there are items that are imperfect. I'm photographing it. I know to sustain. I mean, what reseller hasn't come across that? Um, it's a home good that has a small chip that they may have not noticed. I donate those items and I have that right in my contract. If something is has damage on it, a rip, a stain, a tear, I either donate or dispose of those items depending on the damage. 
uh, one thing lots of places do is they will give the items back to the person if there is um, a, a stain or a chip or damage. I, I personally don't get into all that. Uh, it's a lot more work and people don't generally pick up that. But I'm going to talk about that in a couple minutes. Um, so just know what to do if you do come across something that is, you know, stained, damaged, is not what you thought it was. How are you going to, how are you going to deal with that? Are you going to give it back? Are you going to donate it? Just address that up front. All right. Number four, consignment period. How long are you going to consign those items for? Hmm? All right. And this depends so much on your mission and your business model and what you do. Um, some people, I do 60 days. 60 days is usually the minimum. I haven't really seen too many people that do a 30 days, but um, between 60 and 180, I would say is about where most people land for the consignment period. So you have within that time frame to sell those items for that person. Um, yeah, pretty simple. The heart, and you know, you might want to take into consideration whether you're seasonal. So because I'm online, I do all seasons all the time and seasonality does not affect that. When I was in the storefront, we definitely ran um, more seasonally. So just, just consider that, just take that into consideration when you're doing those time frames and see how it affects you. Okay. So you have your consignment period, probably the most important part of this consignment period after you decide on how many days you're going to try to sell those items is what happens after that consignment period is over. All right. So your 60 days is up. What happens to those items? And learn from me because I've gone through a couple iterations of my contract and what worked and what didn't work. And yeah, I really learned the hard way. So it used to be people would have the option to pick up after their consignment period. And what I ended up with was a, an entire back room filled with stuff people didn't bother to pick up. Yes, there was a two-week limitation on it. People would call for extensions. All right, extra customer service I'm putting in there. Yeah, all right, fine. I'll hold it for you for another two weeks. You're on vacation. All right, all right, all right. Um, you know, and it quickly became a nightmare to deal with. I would have people come in like two years after, well, what did you do with my items? All right, so what I decided to do is had this off of the pass. After that 60 days, the items become my property to do with what, Ever, I feel like I've already put in the time and energy to list them. Yes, there are exceptions, but generally I convert that to my store inventory. So these items are mine after that haven't sold are mine after that 60 day consignment period. And one of the reasons I do this is because I do take some low dollar value items. And in order for me to take that risk, I have to have some recovery on the other side. So I can take lower ends, $20 items, and I can successfully run a business on that because after that 60 day period, after the end of the consignment period, they become my inventory. If you are offering the option to give people back their items after that consignment period, here's what I'm going to recommend to you. And what I've heard that works for a lot of people is you stick to items that are $50 and over. That is pretty much the point that most people in the industry consider you recover your costs if you're giving back the item, if it's unsold. 
Um, so you take items that are over $50 in value, you extend your consignment period a little bit, so maybe 120 days, maybe 90 days, and you work like that. So these are all things you need to consider, um, but just know what you're going to do with those items at the end of your consignment period. Now, I am going to add in here that I used to give people back everything when I had this storefront. And here's kind of what happened. And it was a little disastrous. I had a back room filled with stuff that people didn't bother to pick up. Yes, they had two weeks to pick up their items. Did they pick up their items? No. Would they call for extensions? Yes. Would they come after that extension was up? No. Would they come back a year two years after their consignment was over and request those items? Yes. So don't get stuck with a lot of items. If you are giving people their items back, you know, have a definite time limit, be strict about it. Uh, don't learn from my mistakes is all I'm saying. If you are giving people their items back, make that very clear that they are to pick them up within X number of days. Also consider that um, maybe having them transferred to your inventory is the best way to go because most people don't pick up their items. When they are done with the consignment period, you can use those um, to schedule a charity event. There's lots of great things you can do with those items. You can use that to sustain your business. You can use that to build your inventory. When most people get that stuff out of their house, they don't want it back. They're happy with their clean, uncluttered house. You provided them a service and they are usually very happy with that service. So just lay that out ahead of time. Let people know very clearly what your expectations are for those items. And you're not for everyone. Okay, if somebody is not happy, that's okay. You're not gonna be for everyone. Consignment isn't for everyone. Your terms are not gonna be for everyone. But those people that, that are for you and you for them are going to sing your praises and they are going to provide you with more consigners than um, you can handle. So don't be afraid to be a little choosy. Don't be afraid to be strict and confident in your agreement. All right. Next thing, pricing. Oh my gosh. So I was just listening to a podcast the other day and uh, actually it was a YouTube video, Rake and Profit. And he was interviewing somebody and they said, I don't do consignments anymore because people have unrealistic expectations of the value of their items. Yes, yes, thousand percent they do. And go back and watch our video, uh, you know, the top five cons of consignment and uh, the top five drawbacks. And consigners are one of them. But listen, this contract is going to take care of it. If somebody has an unrealistic expectation, bye-bye. Okay, not for you. Maybe it's just not the right time. There are all sorts of nice ways of doing that. And no hard feelings. But yes, people are going to have unrealistic expectations. And one of the top ways you head that off is you put yourself in charge of pricing. Somebody comes to you and they say, oh, I have this beautiful doll. Uh, I looked it up. It's worth $1,000. That's what I see it um, for on eBay. And, you know, you look it up and maybe it's selling for 50. And you say, well, you know, here's the deal. Um, we don't price the items. The market prices the items. We use 
you know, we research the items and we price them at market value. We price them for what things they're selling for. So if you're not ready to sell that item at its market value, then, you know, maybe hold on to it for a little longer and see if that value increases. But uh, take the responsibility off yourself and just say we price it at market value. But in the same vein, what you need to do is make it very clear when you're explaining your contract that you are in charge of pricing. Yes, if somebody has information about that item or maybe uh, giving you some details about its provenance, yes, take those. Of course, that plays into the value. But you are responsible for pricing that item at market value. And you do not control the market value, the research. The research shows you what things are selling for. Um, so just have that clear in your contract that you're in charge of that. And also have it clear that you're in charge of price reductions. If you feel like you need to run a sale, your goal is to get that item sold. Your goal is not to hold on to that item. Your goal is to sell that item for the consigner and just make that very clear. You are in charge of price reductions. If you get an offer on something, you're in charge of that. Uh, sometimes if I have a high dollar value item, I do have a talk with the consigner and say, you know, what is the least we are willing to take? And I don't say to the consigner, what is the least you are willing to take? I have that conversation. What is the least we are willing to take? I see the market value is at 50. Um, or let's say a thousand, because I only do this with very high dollar value items. Let's say the market value is a thousand. Um, I say, is the least, are you comfortable with the least taking, um, 500 if we get an offer like that like what is the least you are comfortable taking um so i think it's okay to have that kind of conversation with the consigner if you're doing uh items you know a couple hundred dollars thousand couple thousand dollars in value that's okay um but just make it clear that you are in charge you are in charge of that uh pricing so that you're not fielding calls all the time about the prices you have on things with the minimum amount. You know, it can be a lot of customer service. So just make that clear up front. We're going to do the best for you. It's our goal to sell this for you. And as long as we agree on that, we're golden. All right. So that has to deal with pricing and put yourself in charge of that. And you are the expert in that area. Um, the last thing, the sixth thing I tell people they should talk about in their agreement is how the consigner will get paid out at the end of the period. Um, so some people choose store credit and they just keep store credit on the account and they never actually cash out. What I found works best for me is at the end of the consignment period, I issue a payment. Uh, the buyer decides whether they want a paper check mailed to them, Venmo, PayPal, I think those are, those are generally the three options um, that we provide and they just let us know. If the consigner moves, just have something in there saying it is their responsibility to let us know they moved. If they need something forwarded, it is their responsibility to update that. It is not our responsibility because you don't want to be spending all day. I mean, consignment is very labor intensive as we talked about. So you don't want to be spending all day doing these kind of customer service things. That is the responsibility. If that person wants to get paid uh, and they move, it is their responsibility to update you. And at the very top of your agreement, you do have your contact information, make it very clear how they would contact you in that event. And 
that's pretty much the details of how to write a consigner agreement and how to run through the details. I may do a quick chat, uh, just pretending you are my consigner and how I explain things to people, because I think that's helpful. It's probably about a minute it takes me to run through this agreement and run through the specifics with my, with my clients and my consigners. And then I give them the ability to ask any questions. And it's, it's pretty easy. And like I said, practice it on family and friends, but also have them do the agreement. Uh, a lot of times they are very interested in what you're doing and they like to be able to tell other people and refer people to you. So, you know, mm -hmm. be proud of it, be confident, stand behind it, uh, download the sample from our website, consignmentchats.com, provide us any feedback. I hope this answered your questions and if somebody is asking you about an agreement, send them to this video, have them listen to this podcast. I think that'll be very helpful. And uh, we look forward to seeing some of you in the community. If you think this might be for you, we are on our way toward building a resourceful community community of collaborative resellers. We have some amazing things going on in the community. And last week, our episode was all about live sales. So a lot of people in the consignment industry started doing live sales during the pandemic. Yeah, I'm using the P word. Um, and we got together, we had a roundtable discussion with some community members and talked about you know, top tips and tricks, what our thoughts were, uh, how to get started if it's for you. And the discussion, the community has been, has been great with that. We've had some people trying out, including myself, some tips and tricks that I got on that uh, open, that round table discussion. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. One of the things that we are thinking about starting is a kind of roundtable monthly meeting. And when Molly comes back, as you see, I'm still missing Molly this week. She is taking care of her mom. And um, so I've been doing things solo for the past couple of weeks, which has been great. I've had a lot of great interaction with you all because uh, usually Molly does a lot of the social media. Uh, she is anxious to get back and work with everybody. She was just asking me a lot of questions this morning about what's been going on, how everybody's doing. Uh, so um, you are in her thoughts and um, yeah, hopefully when she gets back, we're going to look at starting up like a monthly mastermind round table because it was so helpful and uh, members of our community are so passionate about what they do and consignment and reselling that it really is amazing to be able to connect. So we want to be able to do that a little more personally and on a more, let's say personal level. That's not the word I'm looking for, but that's okay. Uh, Molly will be back hopefully next week, fingers crossed. And I hope this was helpful. Please like and subscribe. If you are on podcasts, please um, take the time, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify for consignment chats. We really appreciate that. And we will see you in the community. You can reach all things by taking a peek at our website, consignmentchats.com and connect with us wherever you're comfortable. So see you later.
Oh, wait, we got to do cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining Libby and Molly, the ladies of Consignment Chats. To find out more and keep chatting, find Consignment Chats on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and podcast. As always, you can find all of this information at consignmentchats.com. Thanks for joining us.